You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Oh, the magic in the air that you can feel in your bones. It's known as Thursday night football. Oh, the trolling is through the roof on this. Can it be any worse than last week? Can it be any better? Only time will tell. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN Radio, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, by the way. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive commercial insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Let's get all the insights we could ever want on the Washington Commanders from ESPN Commanders reporter John Kime. John, thanks for the time. I know we got a game to get to, but first, obviously, we've been talking about the ESPN.com story today regarding Dan Snyder. Do you have any sort of uh, indication of if or how this could impact the players themselves as they deal with all this news? That's a good question. I do know that certainly Ron Rivera always feels like this stuff happens right as they're getting ready to play a game or trying to turn a corner. And as he'll, he would say, like, it's always one step forward, two steps back because of um, stories like this dropping when they have a game. The one thing is that the story doesn't pertain to the players or the on-field product. So I think from that perspective, it may help them. But, you know, they need a win. And, and they, they can't be distracted by anything. So they, they got to win. Well, if they're not distracted by the Snyder story, there's probably still a whole lot of response to Ron Rivera speaking what appeared to be very honestly about Carson Wentz realizing the uh, in, out, uh, outcome that that had and then having to walk it back. How do you think that fallout with quarterback and coach might affect tonight's game? I don't, I don't think that has much of a fallout. And the reason is because even during that press conference, Rivera said he kind of explained more. That, that clip looked bad. And this, like, the, he, the way he said it was bad. And he even came out and said that it's never cool or whatever. But he, what he was trying to say, because he said it later in the press conference, was that those other teams have had their quarterbacks in place. So some, the PR director told Wentz later in the day, he's like, hey, just so you know, here's a heads up of what was said. Wentz kind of laughed about it. And just said, and his comment was, okay, what are my responsibilities tomorrow? In other words, like, faced him and he went on and they did talk and did apologize so i don't think that has any bearing on on anything i think the bigger factor for wentz is he needs to be more consistent because if he's if it's going to keep going and being inconsistent then i think you risk um having bigger problems than anything about what rivera said or what he meant or didn't mean so now you have a short week after a heartbreaking loss to the titans how does carson wentz how does this whole offense sort of get into gear tonight against the bears they have to run the ball. And Brian Robinson, who came back last week, six weeks after being shot twice in his leg, he's going to get a heavier load tonight. And the Bears don't stop the run. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL at stopping the run. So I think that's what you do tonight. It's very windy here. So I think throwing up Carson Wentz has a sore, has a bad shoulder right now. Um, they're missing rookie receiver Jahan Dotson. I think the recipe tonight is simple. You run the ball against this defense. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're talking to John Kime, ESPN Commanders reporter. You can follow him at John underscore Kime. You just talked about the, the couple pieces that are missing. There's a whole handful of guys that are out tonight. Right tackle, tight end. You know, they're going to do running back by committee with Brian Robinson starting, as you mentioned. Uh, where do you think the most impact will be felt in terms of the missing pieces tonight for them? 
That's a good question. I, I, I think Lo- missing Logan Thomas and Jahan Dotson are big because of their impact in the red zone, especially Dotson this year has been excellent in the red zone. And you saw his absence felt last week against Tennessee when they couldn't convert from the two-yard line. Logan Thomas is good in there as well. And, you know, they, they like their tight end group. But after John Bates, who's in his second year, you have a rookie making it playing for the second time at Cole Turner and then an undrafted rookie, Armani Rogers, also playing. So very inexperienced there. They do also get Tyler Larson back at center, and I think that will help. He was a, their bat, main backup a year ago and would have gone in there a couple weeks ago when Chase Lugier was hurt. I think that helps. Um, but I do think, like, missing those, those two guys on offense will definitely a factor. And I think Sam Cosby, the right tackle, is, but I take the other two as well instead. So if the Commanders can get a win in this game tonight, what's the realistic expectation in your mind for the rest of the season? I think it's still – I think they're still – they need to put together a couple wins in a row before you believe that, like, hey, that's a win that can turn them around. I think they need a win just to settle – to calm things down out at the facility and just – around things around the team but they have green bay coming up next and then they go to indianapolis they have minnesota and then they have the eagles so it doesn't really get easier and they're not a team with a lot of margin for error so i think it'll calm things down for for a little bit of time but they've got to come out and string together some good games in a row and they haven't done that yet Commanders reporter John Kime is with us here on Spain and Hit Fits ahead of thursday night football commanders bears uh 8 15 eastern uh John, they've got a worse record than the Bears, and they're on the road, and they're missing a bunch of pieces, and yet they're favored. That's got to be strength of competition, but do you think that that is correct? Do you think that they are a better team than the Bears? I think they can win this game. I think it's a good matchup for them, but I would don't know. I'd be, I'm not sure I would be putting my money on them and, and having them favored. The, you know, the Bears are coming off a game where they could have won last week, too, against the Vikings. Right. I think I think Washington has played better the last couple of weeks defensively, but they. I think I'd have a hard time putting them as a favorite after the, after losing four in a row and then playing on the road. And with all these guys missing, I I do think they can win. I think this is a very winnable game for them. But if you're the Bears, you're saying the same thing. Well, you can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Kime to keep up with all of it. John, always appreciate your time. Enjoy the game, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, Sarah, how are we feeling? We're getting close to kickoff how, how, so far. Are you feeling good? Um, listen, I'll just lay it out there. I bet the Bears on the money line. I bet uh, Justin Fields to have more than 40 and a half yards on the ground, especially with the wind potentially playing a factor. But I also bet fewer than 30, uh, fewer than three and a half touchdowns. And Courtney had a high score there when she predicted it. Uh, so I'm interested to see. I think uh, it's easy to be enthusiastic about um, this being better than last week. But like I said, on paper, this should not be better than last week. So I'm, I'm interested and confused. Also, I just want to let the people of Amazon Prime know that I'm deeply disturbed that I just went to watch Commander's Bears on my phone while we're doing this, and it sent me to Colts Broncos again. Nobody needs to see that again, ever. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. There is a ton of good stuff on the sports calendar this weekend. If tonight's game is a disappointment, which we hope it won't be, we're hoping for a good game tonight. 
we're just preparing ourselves for disaster just in case. Uh, if it is not so good, we should have a handful of really great matchups. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, we've got uh, football, we've got soccer, we've got college football, we've got baseball. Let's get into some of the specific matchups for most fired up forfeits. And let's start with uh, the biggest, I think, football game on the professional level this weekend. Ooh, I got excited just hearing the, the low-voiced guys say the matchup. Oh, yeah, no, uh, good. Uh, uh, most people with any sort of predictive uh, computer analytics uh, have the Bills as the best team in the NFL right now. That is always something you're going to bring up first, and then right after that you're going to say, but Patrick Mahomes. And what Patrick Mahomes can do and has done against this team in particular um, is always going to make you pause a little bit when you're trying to figure out who might be the favorite in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, this is that's the hardest part because I think the Bills are the better team. But when does that mattered when the Bills take on the Chiefs, right? Like, so uh, the Bills are the better team uh, top to bottom. But when they take on Kansas City in Kansas City, that's just – this is that sort of test game for Buffalo. If Kansas City loses – uh, then they'll live to see another week. It doesn't matter. If Kansas City again beats Buffalo, I think it just continues this whole you can't beat that team mindset and conversation that we have every time these two teams face off. And by the way, given the quality of their rosters, their quarterbacks, and the youth of their rosters, I think we're looking at the next you know 10 years of these two mm. teams' opportunity like we had versus Brady versus Manning constantly. We're going to end up with Allen versus Mahomes constantly. At some point, you got to get over the hump. Yeah, and of course, I think, you know, we all think back to that AFC Divisional Playoff game, went to overtime, a 42-36 barn burner. That one was in Kansas City as well. I think you can't undersell the importance of where the game is taking place. But you look at the Bills so far this season. They're tops in offense. They're second in defense overall. The Chiefs are both top 15 in those, but, uh, you know, the Bills in theory, should win this game. How do you cover Travis Kelsey, though, after what we saw? Four touchdowns against your Raiders um, last week. Uh, how do you stop Mahomes from being able to be creative if you pressure him and not get burned in the secondary if he holds the ball long enough for things to open up? There's a lot of ways for this to go bad. Um, we have to make our pick on this later. I'm not telling you what I'm doing yet. I think we move on to the next game. I saved the pick for later. Next game on the pro level that we're looking at. Oh, man, this is not a game we would have circled at the start of the year, Fitz. My expectations for the Cowboys, even pre-DAC injury, were very low. And while I looked at this Eagles roster and I got real excited, I had a lot of questions about who Jalen Hurts would be. Now we're looking at a 5-0, only undefeated team in the league, Eagles team, and a Cowboys team that is Cooper rushing its way to 4-1. Uh this is a fascinating one to me because I I would never have said this before, but I completely agree with Troy Aiken's take on Rush and Dak if this is a win. Here's what he said on 96.7 The Ticket. They win a big road game against Philadelphia. I could see where there is some pause, and you say, "Well, you know, how do how exactly do we handle this?" And and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in no way. Yeah, I can, I can see it now. The headlines are. Aikman says, "Play Rush." That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, Dak is uh, the quarterback of this franchise. I love the guy, and uh, and they're better with Dak at quarterback. But the team's playing good football right now. 
I agree. I mean, I never would have said that, but like, if they get to five and one, even if it's a rhythm thing, how do you take him out? That's what I think really stands out, like the rhythm of it. There's no question in my mind that anything Cooper can do, uh, Zach, uh, Zach, Dak can do better. There's no question in my mind about that. Uh, but there is a question about, hey, if things are going really well, do you want to disrupt rhythm while you have it? Maybe it just gives you the justification of he's not quite ready. You know, it's easy for everybody to sort of couch it that way. Uh, this would be a stunning win for me for the Cowboys. Though. I, I, I think the Eagles have an opportunity to come out and really tell people who they are for the entire season in, the, in this game. And I, I, they will do that in my mind. The Eagles yeah. are really talented this year. I, I agree. And I also think worth noting, you know, the Eagles are 27th overall in offense. I mean, the Cowboys. Mm. For as yeah. much as they're winning these games, it's the defense, it's the pass rush, um, it's those individual players that are excellent on the defense for the Cowboys that are doing it. That offense has a lot of work to do still. Um, and I do think, obviously, the Eagles uh, are, are favored and should be, but um, Damian Woody I was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max and had a pretty believable way to see Dallas getting the win. Make them one-dimensional. Put them in third and long. Because then you're playing into the Cowboys' strength. That means, you know, Eagles like to run the football. Obviously, when you got Jalen Hurst at, at, at the you know, quarterback position, he adds a different element to the rushing game. You got to somehow put them behind the down and distance. How? Then you, how? You got to stop first and second down. Coach always said you got to pass rushers have to earn the right to, to rush the quarterback on third down. And you do that on first and second down. And so if Michael Parsons and, and, and all those boys want to get after the quarterback, get them behind the sticks on first and second down. I can see Which, it. Uh, by the way, that makes a ton of sense. And it always sounds so easy when guys say that. But if it was that, like, that's always the plan, right? Like, hey, we're right, going right, to right. limit the yardage on first down so we can get after him on second down. Like, show me a game plan that isn't that. It's just hard to execute when you got another team that, I don't know, is trying to pick up a bunch of yards with a bunch well, of stuff. Well, and when you got a guy in Jalen Hurts that's such a good weapon uh, passing in and with his legs. Uh, at Spain and Fitz, we're doing some of the best games to watch this weekend. Let's get to college. Fitz, you were practically salivating about this game in the pre-show. Tell everyone why you're so excited. Here's the thing that nobody's talking about in this football game that's going to make a huge difference. Everybody loves talking about Alabama and the fact that they've got a really strong pass rush. Yes, they do. But the team that leads the SEC in quarterback pressures this year is actually Tennessee. And Alabama's offensive line has not played well multiple weeks in a row, particularly bad against Texas A&M. We don't know if Bryce Young is going to play. If he does play, we don't know how effective he can be. And I, I worked with A.J. McCarron on Saturdays who played quarterback, had the same injury, and he told me that the year he had that injury, he didn't throw a football at all during practice. Monday through Friday, never threw a football, could only hand off. On Saturday mornings, they gave him three injections in his arm, and then the first time he'd throw a pass was when the cameras were on the sideline showing the quarterbacks warming up. And he'd figure out if his arm was numb enough to make it through a football game. If that's how Bryce Young comes into this game with a banged-up offensive line that's not playing particularly well against a Tennessee defense that can get after the quarterback, Sarah, I think the Vols are going to beat Alabama on Saturday. So this is going to be an incredible game to watch in Knoxville. 
Yeah, the sort of offense, defense, traditional clash of this game, I think, is what people are really excited about. Um, whether Alabama's D can hold up against that incredible Vols offense, first in FBS teams in score rate, yards per game, points per game, just super explosive. And like you said, you know, you really can't look past Bryce Young's health as far as the massive effect it'll have on this matchup. It's a number three Bama and a number six Tennessee. That's going to be a huge one. Another college game we're looking at. Ah, my team. Yes, I mm -hmm. jumped on that bandwagon a couple years ago, and starting last year, it started to finally pay off for me, Fitz. Uh, let's talk. Number 10, Nittany Lions versus the Wolverines. Uh, this is the first time they're meeting since uh, there was a COVID game that was like empty stadium, one of the weirdest. Uh, the teams are much better than the last time they met. Who you got in this one? Yeah, this is a big game for Michigan, too, because, you know, as much as we keep talking about, we spent the whole summer talking about who Michigan was going to name their starting quarterback. And then you wake up one day and realize that it doesn't really matter who your starting quarterback is when you have Blake Corum, who's running the ball like uh, a man possessed. So the ability for Michigan to run the football the way they've run it so far is such a difference maker in here. What's interesting to me is that Penn State has you know, a good team. I don't think they have a great team, and they're really going to be tested. And, and the fact is Clifford, the, the dog, as I always call him, has been a, the quarterback for Penn State for what feels like 72 years. He's experienced. He's seen a lot. It, there's nothing that will phase him. But Michigan's defense is better than Penn State's offense, and Michigan's running game is really good. I think Michigan gets a big win here, but it's going to be a true – it's the first real test where I can look at it and say, mm -hmm. Michigan, are you good enough? Do you belong? Yeah, and I think like you mentioned with McCarthy, because of the run game, they've been able to be really conservative, and I think they'll need to have him open up the playbook more to be successful against Penn State. Um, that, that defense has pressured quarterbacks a ton, and he's going to have to work a little harder, be a little bit more creative there. It's Spain and Fitz. Uh, quickly, also, we'll be talking about MLB playoffs. We'll be looking for a successful rally goose after last night's goose was unsuccessful in efforts to rally the Dodgers to a win. Uh, and the NWSL playoffs. Uh, Fitz, this has been a really fascinating stretch where the league is under tremendous uh, microscope for all of the uh, things that were revealed in the Sally Yates report. And at the same time, they have to prep for a whole slate of playoff games. Half the team flew over to England. They've lost two in a row as the U.S. Women's National Team. So those top players come back to their NWSL teams and first round of games are this weekend. So uh, that should be interesting. <laughs> Uh, to say the very least. Uh, tune in for college football action Saturday. We mentioned it. Michigan hosts Penn State, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up, an NHL preview with Greg Wyshynski. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Thursday, and that means we have Thursday Night Football. We will keep you updated on the action and as it goes. Obviously, I'm sitting here with the Bears fan. You know that's going to happen. But in the meantime, we have other things to get to also. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And you can hang out with us on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed by uh, tweeting at Jason Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Spain and Fitz. Let's get everything we need to know about the NHL season from ESPN senior NHL writer Greg Wyshynski. Uh, Greg, so much to talk to you about, but first and foremost, you know, I texted you the other night trolling you about your picks with the Vegas Golden Knights and Preds, and you ghosted me, Greg, what happened? I thought we were besties, I thought we were about to have this little witty repartee, and you just left me hanging. Do you understand how many texts I've gotten in the last week or so after making picks? Like, I have the entire city of Edmonton texting me, telling me that I'm the man for saying they're going to win the Cup. And I got to text them all back to say, 
yeah, like the Islanders won the cup when I picked them. Right. Like the Leafs won the cup when I picked them. I'm a, I've been apologizing to an entire province. Uh, I was alone, actually uh, thinking that the pressure's off. The pressure's <laughs> off. Like if I were if I were an Oilers fan, I'd be like, yeah, but he's not really picking anymore. He knows that it doesn't matter. So he's just like, <laughs> ah, that'll sound better than if I pick like the Avs to repeat or something. Exactly. You got to be keeping a little. You know, it's funny though. Like when I picked the Oilers, I thought I was the hipster, right? But then it turns out like it's the second highest choice amongst the NHL experts on ESPN behind the Avalanche. So. Apparently, there's there's more support than me uh, for Connor McDavid and Leon. They've Price. all heard the band as well, Greg. You're yeah. not alone. They I mean, all love I that know. song too. <laughs> there, I know. There's a mo- I, I, I would remind the world quickly: if any of us could make these predictions correctly every single time, we wouldn't work for ESPN. We'd live on smile, small <laughs> islands off of our winnings. So and smile uh, island just, too. I mean, smile island. That's because you're happy. Uh, <laughs> you just mentioned Colorado. Uh, trendy pick to repeat always, it feels like. But uh, for Colorado specifically, what do you like about their opportunity to try and repeat? Well, the, the, the core of the team is just so strong. I mean, like, you know, Nathan McKinnon, who signed an extension and became the richest contract we've had in the cap era. Miko Ranton and Kale McCarr, who won best defenseman last year. Like, all, most of the key players from their run are back, save for two. Nazem Kadri, uh, their second-line center, is in Calgary now. He signed a free agent deal with them. And Darcy Kemper, who was their goalie, is now with the Washington Capitals. And those are the two kind of question marks hanging around this team when it comes to their ability to repeat. How do they fill the role of Kadri, who not only put up a bunch of points last year, but also uh, had a lot of intangibles as a real gritty player for them? And then they're going to try to do a little bit of a goalie-by-committee thing with Pavel Franchot and uh, Alexander Georgiev, who used to be the backup in New York for the Rangers. So those are the two things that are kind of in the back of your mind about the Avs, but otherwise they are absolutely loaded and, uh, and like you said, the favorite right now uh, to repeat. Greg, I was looking at that list of uh, NHL experts on ESPN making their Stanley Cup choices, and I don't know if I saw a single lightning selection. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Has there been too much turnover? Has there been just too many swings and misses from a team that's gotten so close so many times? Yeah, the thing about the Lightning that's interesting is, you know, they've got a lot of the same players back this season. Stam- Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky. As long as you have that holy quadrilogy of players, you're going to be competitive. What they're losing through the years, though, are those kind of special soft players that come up with huge plays in the postseason. Ryan McDonough, uh, their, their second-best defenseman, he's now with the National Predators. And Andre Palat, who the Lightning like to, like to have called their Swiss Army knife. They could put him in any situation, and he would score huge goals in the playoffs. He actually left for a free agent deal with the New Jersey Devils. So I think the Lightning are still going to be real good. I think there's a chance they could win their division. But when it comes to winning another cup, uh, some of those great role players, I think they're going to start to really feel the loss of those players over the last couple of seasons. We're talking to ESPN senior NHL writer Greg Wyshynski on Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. So, Greg, let's go to the negative Nancy here. What about a team that everybody else seems to be hyped on that you're just totally out on? <laughs> uh, one team that I think is going to take a step back is the Washington Capitals. And, and that's sad because we, we always want Alex Ovechkin on the biggest stage of the season. Um, but, you know, I, father time is undefeated. There's a lot of parts of this roster that are, are, are getting up there in age. Uh, TJ Oshie. Uh, Lars Eller, John Carlson, all those players are like 33 and over. Nick Backstrom, who's been a key player for them for well over a decade. Uh, they're not even sure when he's going to play this season after having hip surgery. 
Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, of things happening on the Capitals roster I'm not crazy about. Plus, I'm expecting the New Jersey Devils to take a pretty big leap in that division this year if they can stay healthy um, and get some good goaltending. So it, the Caps might not miss by much, but I do think that they're going to be a team that misses. Greg Wyshynski is with us, giving us our NHL preview. Season started last night, uh, and it was actually the defending champion, Avs, uh, who kicked things off by getting rings uh, that had a video oh, compilation of their of their victory and their celebration. What an incredible uh, s- a ceremony. What an incredible way of presenting those rings and those boxes forever. Uh, they kicked off against my Blackhawks, which gives me a great opportunity to be a homer and ask you if there is anything worth watching when it comes to the Chicago Blackhawks this year. Yeah, it's worth watching uh, what plane tickets are booked for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves at some point uh, this season to not be mm. in Chicago anymore. Like, mm. that's the intrigue. <sighs> look, look yeah. the, the, Black, the Blackhawks are, are, along with the Arizona Coyotes, two teams that are constructing their roster specifically to be as bad as possible because there's a kid named Connor Bedard in the draft next year. I know another hockey player named Connor. We don't need it. Change your, change <laughs> your name, <laughs> kid. Uh, but he's the, like a, the next generational player. So you have teams that are trying to you know, tank the season as best they can to try to get them. Kane and Taves during the last years of their contract. Both have uh, trade protection, so they're going to be able to dictate where they want to go. The big intrigue is Patrick Kane, and, and specifically the New York Rangers and Patrick Kane. Um, they have a need on right wing. Uh, they have his former linemate, Artemi Panarin, on that line that needs a right wing. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation locally here in New York that Patrick Kane could end up with the Rangers at some point this season, but there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. Uh, if Again, if he decides that uh, it's time to move on from Chicago, but both Taves and Kane are going to be able to call their shot because they do have trade protection. Really wow. quick, I want to follow up with you on that because you mentioned the Coyotes, and I refuse to let us complete this interview without asking you about Mullet <laughs> Arena and how the hell... That is going to be home to an NHL professional hockey team. All right, real quick. The Coyotes basically got evicted from Glendale. Uh, they didn't Duh. renew their lease with the team. We, we, we so, saw those uh, those messages, those, uh, uh, you know, things taped up to the wall that said you haven't paid us in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as they're waiting for approval on building a new arena in Tempe, uh, they're going to be playing on the campus of Arizona State University, in the exquisitely named Mullet Arena. The Unreal. Mullet family is a backer for their Division One men's team. It's going to seat less than 5,000 people, so it's going to be the most unique atmosphere for a professional National Hockey League game we're ever going to see. And it's either going to be an amazing environment that's going to bring a lot of enthusiasm, going to see like a rock band in a club, or it's going to just be a complete joke. One of those two things. There, there, those are the extremes for the Arizona Coyotes this year. Uh, I got to quickly at least throw out here. I saw Arda Ocal, our buddy, on campus the other day. You guys do a great show called The Drop on our digital platforms. Everybody check it out. Arda mentioned there's a a search for merch going on on this show uh, over the course of the year where you guys are trying to get teams to send you stuff. What's the best thing you've been sent so far, Wish? Oh, dude, so far it is a New Jersey Devils My Chemical Romance mashup where they have uh, one of the skeletons from the Black Parade wearing a Devils jersey. It is pretty dope. Uh, but we are we are hoping that teams set up uh, set us up pretty well. One other thing I did get recently: the Seattle Kraken actually have their players of the game throw plush fish like you'd get at like Pike Market <laughs> uh, into the crowd, and they sent me one of those fish. I have it behind me when I do uh, when I do shoots for daily wager. So that is awesome as well. So we're hoping for teams to step up and send us some pretty cool stuff, and then we're going to pass it along 
to our viewers at the end of the year. And the drop, by the way, is going to be a weekly show on uh, the NHL on ESPN YouTube channel. It's going to be every Thursday if you want to check it out. It's great work. Follow him on Twitter, at Wyshynski. You guys do a great job together. I'm now going to hit up the Golden Knights to try to get myself free stuff, but then I'll just gift some of it towards so I can just get on the show. So Whatever you do, animal. don't ask for a stuffed animal of the Kraken's mascot. Just look it up. It's very confusing. Uh, and as you said on ESPN Daily, which everyone should listen to, in a post-gritty world, you can't give us buoy. Um, you, you just, you just can't. Hey, Greg, will you come back sometime soon and talk hockey Canada and all that? I've been wanting to talk about it on the show for a while and we haven't had time. And I think we really need to get into it. I think that'd be awesome. And, and there's a lot of off ice stuff, unfortunately, that is kind of uh, weighing down the sport of hockey these days, but yeah, we should definitely get into that. All right. We, we will do that. And you guys should follow him on Twitter. Greg, I always appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Always great stuff from Wyshynski. In the meantime, not always great stuff from the Bears. We'll get you updated. Or the Commanders. Okay, okay, it's fair. Uh, We'll get you updated. Plus, it's time for our NFL picks. We'll do it all next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. I feel like this music is the right vibe for a radio duo that is currently sitting alone in second in the Pick'em standings. Uh, we could be number one. We are one pick behind Greeny. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The standings after five weeks of NFL football. Greeny, nine, five, and one. He really came back, Fitz, because he was he was uh, he was down bad after that 0 and 3 week. Uh, but he's up to nine, five, and one. We're sitting pretty at eight, six, and one. Right behind us, Freddie Fitzsimmons, seven, seven, and one. Canty and uh, Carlin and KJM both at six, eight, and one, and then pulling up the rear, Bart and Han five, nine, and one. Can we acknowledge, that makes this by the way, for a second, big. like all of the guys that were big former NFL players are behind us <laughs> right now? Oh, it's just, yeah. it's just the three, just, yeah. the three all leading the shows. shows are the ones that didn't play in the NFL. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, you must have forgotten my my career as a hard nosed defensive end in the mm, Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the check the stats. Um. Yeah, we feel pretty good, but that makes this week very pressure-filled, and uh, to be honest, I'm a little scared. Uh, before we get into the radio pick uh we did, uh, or at least I did, make known my pick for tonight's game. We always pick our own teams. Raiders are on a bye. I did pick the Bears' money line, so since the, the commanders were favored by, I believe, a half a point, which is so weird, um, I guess my pick is for the Bears. So I got money on Washington. Sorry. Sorry, Sarah. Wow. I, I, yeah, it, this was a, this was a close one. I didn't put a lot of money on Washington, but I, I dabbled a little bit on Washington. This is, this isn't one that anybody's confident in. Uh, really, I, the Washington portion of it is insignificant as long as the number of total points is under 38 and Justin Fields rushes for more than 42 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. in a glass case of emotions for the next several hours for those two things. So, okay. Well, uh, that, that, yeah. We but, asked but a lot I took of the Washington. folks. We asked a lot of the folks listening if they were going to be also at a glass case of emotion and watching, and we got uh, some interesting answers. We asked, will you watch the whole game even if it sucks? 72.4% said no. 276 said yes. Will there be a touchdown tonight was one of our questions that enraged at least one Twitter user. 71.9% said yes, there will be a touchdown. 28.1% said no. We are early on in the second no touchdown or score of any kind just yet. 
Uh, will you watch this on a second screen so you can use your main TV to flip between other things? 50.8% said no main screen. 49.2% said yes second screen. And I believe I asked if uh, Al Michaels would retire uh, as he said he would on Waddle and Sylvie. Uh, we had that clip earlier. That was pretty funny. He was like, and if this is as bad... <laughs> There you go. Uh, if he, if if this game sucks, sixty-five point two percent said no. Thirty-four point eight do believe that Al Michaels will retire immediately if this game is worse than last week. I want it to great. happen at halftime for the viral sensation. <laughs> I need him to. I need him to look at Herbie just and be like, Herb you know Street what? All alone. I, just, I pulled up my bank account on my phone. I think I'm good. I'm just going to go. Why home. am I here? Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered I'm super rich. Why am I here? Uh, all right. Let's. Uh, so I picked the Bears. You picked the Commanders. Let's get to the Pick'em Challenge. It's a team, man. It's a team. One guy can't do it. It takes all of us. ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. Oh, this first one. Uh, I think we got a little guy, a low voice guy saying it. Mm, this is spicy at at the link. Uh, Cooper Rush starting again for the Cowboys, who are four and one, taking on the undefeated Eagles. This is fascinating. The Cowboys' pass rush is obviously the key to their success of late. Their offense hasn't been that great, but they've done enough. Can they keep up with an Eagles offense that's been fantastic and a roster that top to bottom is better? Uh, rush needs to not make any massive mistakes that kill the game plan. And frankly, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles need to uh, be able to do what we've seen them do week in and week out. So um, it's a minus six for the Eagles in this one. I'm taking the Eagles, Fitz. Oh, taking the Eagles, going big. Uh, you feel you? That's a lot of points. You, you're, I know. You're good with that? I know it is. I feel good about it. And I also feel good about the run that uh, just got broken off in the Bears game. Talk about a beautiful play. I wish you'd taken it in. But uh, I'll take it. I'll take that. So my only I think it concern... happened several minutes ago because I'm on a major delay. But that no, way I won't be breaking any rules about calling the game live on radio. <laughs> my only concern in this game uh, for the for Dallas is frankly, are they going? Is Dallas going to be able to get away with not having any passing game? You know, and and at some point this passing defense for Philadelphia right now is number five in the NFL. They are very good. I don't know that Dallas can beat Philadelphia. If they uh, if if they can't find some way to pass the ball, and I don't trust that to happen, six feels like a lot of points. But I think you're right. I would go the same way. I go Philly. Okay, we agree. We agree. All right, next game. Oh boy, this is getting me all a tingly just thinking about it. This is a hell of a matchup, and this is probably the biggest game of the season until we get down the stretch where games have playoff implications, uh, where we know you know you're you win and you're in. But we got two four and one teams that are the cream of the crop. It's at Arrowhead, a place that we just saw against your Raiders can potentially swing a few calls with their booze. I swear those referees made some of those. Those officials made some calls in that game post-roughing the passer just to get out of there alive. Uh, the Raiders had about 40 calls on them after that. Um, Patrick Defense Mahomes. Defensive holding on a field goal. How did, I know. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, know. I'm sorry. I digress. Uh, Patrick Mahomes as a home underdog, that, that feels like something I can't disagree with. I think the Bills are going to win, and it's only two and a half, but I still think somehow this comes down to like a one-point or two-point game, so I'm taking the Chiefs. Ooh, 
okay, mark this one down, Devin. This will be our first disagreement. I think Buffalo is going to win this football game, although I do agree with you. It's a close football game, but I think they can cover two and a half. That means they only have to win by a field goal. It's interesting. You've got the top two scoring offenses in the NFL taking each other on. You've got the number two and number three rushing defenses taking each other on. So now it comes down to which passing defense can step up. Buffalo mm-hmm. so far has been far better than Kansas City. Uh, I, I still think that Kansas City has at least shown a little bit of weakness. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna edge towards Buffalo winning by three or four, so I, I'll take the Bills in this situation. Okay, we disagree. All right, final game. And let me just say, I just got around to seeing that wide-open man in the end zone that Justin Fields overthrew by two feet. What's happening? All right. Ravens Giants. So Giants are four and one. Ravens sitting at three and two. We did not expect New York to look like this. Boy, has Brian Dable gotten the best out of this roster. We got a Wink Martindale potential revenge game here. Ravens, uh, former defensive coordinator who knows everything about this offense. Um, but I don't see the Giants being able to pull this off. I think the Ravens are a better team. I think Lamar Jackson is just too good. And the Giants have depended so much on the blitz. That's what their defense has to work with. And Lamar Jackson has averaged almost eight yards per attempt with seven touchdowns and just one pick against the blitz this season. So that's not going to work. Uh, I think I think I'm going Ravens and the points, so minus six. Mm, I, oh, this one's tough because, man, we know the method for New York. They win games by running the football well. And I think you can actually run a little on this Baltimore defense. Uh, You can certainly throw on them, but that doesn't help the the Giants at all. Uh, The point total bothers me a little bit at six points on this. I think... I think the Ravens are going to win, but I think the Giants cover. So I, I, we, wow. we, this is tw- twice this week. I'm, I'm not comfortable on this. I, this means you're going to be right. Well, this is terrifying because Greeny's picks have now been put up on the screen. He took the Cowboys, he took the Chiefs, and he took the Giants. Mm. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tight one. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. You can listen to the show weeknights at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.